0: good evening and welcome to nufc matters with me steve rate it's tuesday night which means it's a time for me to be joined by Liam kennedy from the shields gazette good evening liam all right steve feels like yeah uh, feels like two minutes since we did last week i know it's, it's flying around quickly mate that's what yeah. happens um when you know you get to the back end of the year i always say once you get past halloween and bonfire night when you're a, when you're a dad um, you, you notice that yeah. the year does pass quicker Because you, you're rushing towards Christmas But first yeah. of the month, uh, it's a pinch and a punch Isn't it on the first of the month So uh, what have you got for us tonight mate You've, you've managed to get the game called off On uh, Friday to, to, to create A bit of controversy As you often do on a Tuesday But yeah, I mean, all are going joking aside Big, new, big news coming you out
1: about, <laughs> uh, Sorry, I've got to tweet about that today saying, God Steve, look imagine, imagine we've done it again We've created something Oh, <laughs> it's becoming there.
0: a it's not... it is becoming a running joke mate. but yeah i mean it's um any any really up, have you had, had any updates about what is going on i've seen i think like most people i have seen the uh the reports seen sky news and um very very little coming out other than you know we know the game's off because there's people got covered
1: look it is it's a cards close to the chest thing from um the club's point of view They've kind of taken a stance all the way through uh, the process. When since since uh, football returned, really, in project restart, that they're very keen for anybody to sort of uh, not mention names, not mention numbers of people. Um, so it's been quite uh, anonymous in that sense. I think everybody got a sense of the three players. I'm not going to name them, but I think everybody could kind of guess the three players that, that were missing on Friday, and um, the ones that weren't injured were um, probably the ones who who. Um, who found themselves in the unfortunate situation of testing positive. We've seen staff members. And now this week we're seeing things rack up. We're seeing it going from anywhere between five and ten, somewhere in between that. Um, And it could rise even further. Um, We've seen the statement today confirming the news that the game's off on Friday. Um, Quite a powerful defence. Newcastle United definitely put their guard up there saying, you what's know, sticking we've stuck since the very start of these really strict uh 19 protocols set in place by the premier league and um, defending their, their practices throughout this process and to be fair then Newcastle united have had a relatively low um amount of COVID uh outbreaks and, and positives in, in the time um, that they've been tested um, and this one just seems to be a bit of an anomaly um it just so happens that it's the first one in the premier league in the first call off i mean there was some talk today some people were getting a little bit um concerned i seen there was some people with uh legal background and um, tweeting about uh certain certain premier league rules and things like that and what may or may not happen this was never really the case Um that, that the cast United were going to be um sort of had a slap on the wrist for it and three points to be given last Aston Villa. it was never it was a little bit of a fear mongering a little bit today from some people it was never the case i was speaking to the premier league today um, it's very much seen as there was never any hard and fast rules regards how many players had to be available. The 14 thing was bandied around a lot. But given this was unprecedented, we're um, in uncharted waters um, with coronavirus and call-offs of games, given it's the first. It was never really the case that, that they were going to come down hard on Newcastle. I've seen some people... Um, suggesting that oh well they're not going to do us any favours with regards to the takeover and talk and things like that. Again, this isn't something that comes into it. We're talking about the safety and welfare of of, of football players. So Premier League could not be seen to be taking any kind of dodgy stance with regards to that. We're not just talking about the Cass players here and staff. We're talking about um, anybody who may be at the ground, uh, any support staff. Um, We're also talking about Aston Villa's staff and their support staff will go along with it. Any security, any medical... You know it's a lot of people are talking about here and i think the safety first approach was to call the game off and allow this to blow over um and that's that's exactly what's happened so it's it's good to see that common sense has prevailed um this week because it would have made no sense at all for uh for Newcastle united to to have traveled as well that's the other thing traveled halfway down the country um on a coach together Um, We know these COVID tests, sometimes you can test uh, negative before you test positive. There could have been people carrying them who didn't test positive, and then it just spreads further and further. The self-isolation for around 10 days is is what the protocol is, and that kind of makes sense. So a lot of the people who had it it last week um, will be fine by next weekend, and that will be the same um, for people this week. They'll probably be getting towards the end of their isolation period. And a lot of people who test negative will be fine to play next week, so... Safety first, and it was the right call, in my opinion.
0: Definitely, yeah. Uh, I'm going to open up to the questions mate tonight because there's always lots of questions come in. We very rarely get through them all. Uh, we're also going to launch our new campaign. Last month we obviously did phone a friend. Uh, tonight we are going to launch uh, a new campaign which is called Think Before You Tweet, uh, which is something very similar. Um, you know, it, it, you know something we've talked about in, in great depth over the last few months about trolling on Twitter and social media, etc. And from our perspective, something that means uh, a lot to us. You know, so. uh, We will be launching that a little bit later But uh, let's get to the questions uh, First off, Peter Robson uh, has a question Straight away, and that is Evening Chaps, question for Liam Is there one exclusive you wish you could break to the world Not the takeover Uh, What would it be, and is there one You missed out on that you tried to break
1: So I'll start the second one First, it's always I'll explain the process, it's always a really difficult Thing, Um, I kind of uh, Envy um, newspaper men of years gone by where, where they could literally have a story and, and it would be their story and they could sit on it for days before they they actually released it It's not really the case now There's so many people involved so many channels whereby anybody can just put it out there on social media and it grows legs. So there's lots of that it's it's quite, a, it's quite a, um, it can be quite an exhilarating experience quite a um, you know when you get something that you know nobody's got that rush to get it out there, Sometimes you might think if it's late on a night time, you might think, I'll oh, wait in the morning because more people will read it. So you have that sort of nervous period. Um, but yeah, I think, I think ultimately if there, was a, if there was a story that I would love to have had my name against in Newcastle United's medium sort of recent history, it would be imagine, imagine being the, one, the man who broke um, something like Kevin Keegan returning to the football club or imagine uh, right, Alan Shearer signing for the football club. Those are the type of things that the real moments of history um, so something like that. I don't really think there's been anything uh recently which I've missed out on. Um, did you not, not break in... the joke? Did you not bring the Joel in story? Uh, the 40 million pound man? Did you not break that story? <laughs> well, it certainly was a bit of history, but no, that wasn't that. That wasn't me. I can't take the credit for that one. Um, but yeah, there's been, there's been plenty. People have seen there's, there's been plenty of transfer excuses. I would love from now to be the man who all of a sudden came on this show on a Tuesday night, haven't pulled me strings, haven't got Steve to pull his strings. So there was a story created on a Tuesday and we'd just come on at six o'clock, find out at five fifty nine and say, look, take over, done. That'd be that be the uh, that be the one I would love to have my name against Never say never. Uh, Tom Dixon says, What's your thoughts on Matty Longstaff linked with the loan move to Derby? Do you think it'll happen? I think it's a really good uh, suggestion. I think um, he's not really getting the game time here. He's a lad who's struggled with fitness. Um, he's at a crucial stage in his development. And I think, although I would love to see him in black and white, playing in a castinated shirt, um, of course, um, because I, I rate him. I think he's really good. I've seen him playing for the 23s. Um, I think he's a fantastic young player. But um, if he's not going to get in this team, I'd rather see him go somewhere else and get some games, continue his development, go to Derby. Um, go and score, score goals um, put in those dynamic performances from midfield that that he can put in um, and and uh, go and get some experience and come back a better player for it. I'm, I'm all for things like that. If the lad's not going to quite get in um, and he's going to just sit twiddling his thumbs for 75% of the season waiting for three injuries, then I would rather see him go out on loan. Me too. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Good suggestion. Uh, Colin, good evening. He says...
0: Uh, What's the crack with the listed buildings? Are they going to be sold to the Saudis? And uh, not the only person asking that question, Bill Burnett is the same. He's wanting to know: Is there anything
1: significant with this? Yeah, it's been bought by the Qataris. I think they're going to put a big sign up. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, there's literally been lots of uh, lots of Twitter talk. Uh, it's definitely got people interested. Um, but these people are private um, and we don't know who they are um, could it be PIF, I would suggest if it was PIF I don't, I'm not necessarily sure it is but imagine it was, then you would think the deal was virtually done um, I don't believe that would be the case um, so I think we'll just have to wait and see how this one pans out but I, I'd love to be able to sit here and answer I had lots of questions um, in the last 24 hours myself on this and I would love to be able to give you the answer and say look it's, it's PIF they're um, they're moving al Ramayan in. He's, he's living next door to St James's Park for a few weeks when he gets the deal sorted. But no, unfortunately, we can't uh, we, we can't really speculate on anything. We'll just have to wait and see. But it's it's certainly a mystery that's got people talking. Uh, B Taylor says, "Question for Liam: Does the NCSL
0: uh, letter to WMPs form any part of their plan for legal action, or should they be viewed as separate actions?"
1: All I would say on that is that everything done by NCSL um, and others is, is linked in some kind of way um, so it's all for the same cause um, no matter what the action may be and and, and who knows but I think I, I would suspect there will be um, potentially some significant movement um, before the weekend on on the legal front
0: uh, Paul William asking if the Villa game is postponed yes it is mate uh, no uh... No issues now with that. We know it's definitely off. Um, lots of people talking about joining dots. Have I joined some of the dots with thinking flat? So next to St. James's has got something to do with the takeover, as you've just heard there from Liam. Uh, not hundred percent sure, um, you know who's bought them. But uh, it would be nice to think uh, that was the case. And uh, lots of people talking about joining dots, etc. Some people suggesting that it's Alwaleed who's bought the house uh, to move into Newcastle. Of course, part of our regular panel with the uh, with the world wide squad. Uh, Julie Baker points NUFC out, matter. yeah, of yeah, it has could offices, be, it?
1: <laughs>
0: it could be me, yeah. Julie Baker says, "I've seen Villa's official reply, very respectful. Every club has their share of idiots. To respect their, to the club for their genuine reply. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's nothing we can. There's nothing we can do about this game being postponed. And yeah, well done to Villa for you know for that for the sensible response. I mean, you know, Twitter might be in a meltdown, but Twitter's a, a minority of supporters. I, I keep saying this, it's not the majority of supporters at any club. And uh, you're always going to get some idiots, you know, saying that the game's being called off. You know, but you know, it, it's got nothing to do with the supporters. You." Castle haven't called it off for any other reason than Covid and you know it's very very serious
1: Yeah it certainly is I think like we said earlier it is common sense Um, it would have been ridiculous for Newcastle to travel half the length of the country um, to put a lot more people at risk when they haven't really got control of the of the outbreak within their own camp so I think it's the most sensible thing and, and it's a good job that that everybody's seen it that way. Aston Villa have been respectful, and the Premier League have been more than respectful. It went to the Premier League board today after a request from Newcastle, and then, um, like I say, look really uh, sensibly. Um, everybody's just going to take a few take a few days isolation, and then come back stronger for it. Hopefully next week. Ginger Hoskins says, please look back on Friday. I saw Steve Avenue on
0: the bench hit away, yet he was supposed to be one of the COVID-tested positive and wonder why it's spread. Interesting. Um, but yeah, let's look back. Um, we always look back when it's a bad result, Liam, so let's look back when it's a good result. Um, I called it a smash and grab, and, and my reason behind that was it was a fairly even game, Newcastle against Crystal Palace. The stats backed up what I, what I thought I'd watched, fairly even. I don't really think anybody deserved to win it. Newcastle smashed and grabbed it in the last couple of minutes And uh, nicked all three points Which I was thankful for, delighted for Um, You know, yes it keeps Steve Bruce in the job I don't think Steve Bruce was going to get sacked anyway um, Whether he'd lost that game or won the game I think he'll be there until the takeover goes through However um, You know, got to accentuate the positives Callum Wilson banging in a goal again Joe Linton having a decent performance And scoring a uh, a, You know, a a fortuitous deflection But a goal is a goal Um, You know, but he had a decent game
1: yeah um Julian nothing we'll start with that really it was it, it was a much um much more positive performance from him um, and it's no surprise he's been played in a position where when he's played in that role I think he did it against Burnley early, earlier this season that when he's played in that role he's looked okay and um, let's not go over the top and um, it was hardly um you know an unbelievable performance but it was much improved by his standards and his levels and he got the goal he plugged away um I've still got concerns I mean he got in the right positions and got chances and was really involved and held the ball up quite well to be honest but the lack of conviction that he hits the ball as a striker is a massive concern for me because he had three or four where you think go on just get your get your knee over the top of it strike it properly get your laces on it and he doesn't seem to have that in his locker it's always this like golf swing that he sort of hits swings out and it leaning back um and there's no power or conviction in those strikes and it'd be nice to see somebody uh, it was I think it was Clinton Morrison who said that on the commentary uh, on the pundits uh, panel after he said it would be good to see him speak to Alan G and just you know just get some tips there's nothing wrong with that kind of thing um it'd be good to see him and maybe show that little bit of initiative um but he's working with one of the best in the business in the Premier League at the moment in Callum Wilson um who <clears throat> to be honest then he got a sniff in that game, and then the first opportunity that he gets is cool, calm, and collected when he's running through, just slots it through the keeper's legs. But he's he's a special, special striker for Newcastle United. Um and it was a point made to me. I was speaking I was speaking to my dad last week, uh after, well last weekend after the game and he said that he's a he's a season ticket holder at Newcastle. And he, he said it's such a shame he described it as a shame for Callum Wilson that there isn't a crowd there because he and I agree with this, because he's the type of player that we would worship as a fan base. Absolutely worship. Yeah somebody like that if he was scoring goals like like he has been in front of 52 000 he would be literally he would be he'd be sort of carried out he'd be carried out over people's shoulders he's, he's a he's a one of those proper proper strikers that that, that black and white fans really and um, warm to and really uh hero worship so i actually tend to agree with that my dad doesn't talk much sense he'd probably be watching this and they uh, probably cursing us the next time i see him but uh, he doesn't talk much sense but he certainly talks sense on that point um but beyond that, I, you know, I thought it was a reasonably solid performance. Um, there was no Alan St Maximin. But did we really miss Alan St Maximin? I didn't think we did. Um, um, in terms of the, the game itself, first half performance was pretty good. Uh, second half performance, you have to say Crystal Palace uh, definitely shaded that. Um, and that's why I think I, I kind of agree with your smash and grab because the game felt like it was moving in a certain direction and all of a sudden your castle burst out and, and scored two very quick-fire goals. It was an even game. It was one that probably should have ended nil-nil. But um, that's why you pay £20 million for a striker. And that's why you pay £40 million for another. (laughs) Um, Scored one and created one. And and you know what? Um, He's had some criticism in the past. And and I never want to see a a player in black and white fail ever. I want to see them all do well. Um, And I want to see Joe Linton really take some confidence from this um, and start putting in those kind of performances week in, week out. If he can do that, everyone will back him. Everyone will back him all the way. Um, but I do still, I'm not going to start jumping jumping around um, shouting his name from the rooftops because I still think that he's severely lacking in his game um, in a lot of areas. One of them being no, absolutely no conviction um, with the ball at his feet in front of the goal. Um, because another striker, even a half-decent Premier League finisher, would probably got a couple of goals in that game before he got his first. Um, and like we say the, his actual goal was very fortuitous. But you never know. If he can take some confidence from that, he might come back with a different player. Because he's not he's not a player who's had a lot to build on. He's never never really put in a string of performances in his time in black and white where, where he's got now got a base to build on. I think he started to build that up a little bit this season. He's probably been better than he was last season. Um and hopefully, fingers crossed he can he can stay fit and can produce it. But he just does that every week where he runs about, puts loads of effort in. Misses the odd chances. I don't think anybody's going to complain too much because that price tag ultimately he's our player now. It doesn't matter what we pay for him in the end. He's our player. And if we, we just have to try and get the best out of him. Um, but I definitely think in a two-up um, that's much better. And that's the formation that Ucasa United seem to get results in this season. I've been on here before and I've said I quite like the three at the back um, because I think it suits the defensive players we've got. can't get that midfield balance right. Um, but I think when they do actually play 4-4-2, quite a flat 4-4-2, it didn't work against Brighton, was the only one where it failed. But every other game that it's been um, deployed, um, you can't say they've done all right and they've got decent results. So if I was Steve Bruce, I'd be looking at it saying, look, I just need to stick to this 4-4-2, even if people criticise us because um, it helps me strike out It means Callum Wilson is not isolated, it takes the pressure off a little bit and gives another focus for defenders, gives him a little bit more time and space. And then I think Newcastle have probably got the players in their ranks to, to sort of have a quite compact midfield four, which is what we saw at Crystal Palace. Um, and defensively, I think that's probably Newcastle United's back, best back four. Um, for me, um, I, people who watch the show regular I know I'm a massive fan of Kieran Clark, and though know I'm a really big fan of Federico Fernandez, and for me, they're probably the best two defenders um, in the squad. So for me, I would, I would pick those two every day of the week. And then, obviously, the full-backs. is a proper right-back, so he has to play and Jamal Lewis again. Um, I won't judge him um, too much on his performances early days at Newcastle because it's been such a chopping and changing team, personnel. Um, and he's new, a new lad to the Premier League. Still, he's only played a season. He's only 21. He's young, learning a new place. So, I think he's got good signs in him. Um, but, no, I, like I say, we can't get too carried away with decent results as we shouldn't get too carried away with the bad ones because there's – It still feels like it's built on sand, largely, um, but the results help, and and that's what we need. We need to keep our heads above water this season and just keep our fingers crossed that there'll be a new dawn um, come the new year. Okay, and if you want to
0: find out what uh, our regular panel thought of uh, Joe Linton's performance on Friday, and whether he thinks, whether we think he's turned a corner, it's well worth a watch. Just uh, jump on the playlists, uh, look for fan shows, uh, and search "Has Joe Linton turned a corner?" And NUFC UFC matter special, really good show, some good valid points, uh, and I think most people feel, yeah, he probably he did on that game, and uh, there is a long way to go. I think most of us all agree on that. Uh, today is, of course, the last day of sponsorship for. Newworkwear.com. big thank you to them For sponsoring us for the month We are looking for a sponsor for December, we've got one For January, if anybody wants to sponsor The show, please drop me uh, An inbox on Twitter And uh, we will be able to sort it out or drop us a message at the website, newcastlelegends.com. But a big thank you to newworkwear.com, specialists in the supply and branding of clothing for the workplace. And, of course, one of our long-term sponsors who is remaining with us, Qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in the Northeast. And they've just started their Christmas range. And uh, a wonderful T-shirt with the legend that is... Super Mac on, uh, which you can buy from us at newcastlelegends.com T-shirts $14.99 and the Mugs, Super Mac mugs at $9.99 Nice little Christmas gift for somebody there, so big thanks to qtechshop.co.uk uh, As always, plenty plenty questions coming in, Liam We'll try to get through as many as possible I am going to put this on Twitter though, Our latest Food Bank T-shirt uh, again supplied by uh, qtechshop.co.uk and that is Head Above the parapet. Uh, there is my head above a parapet. So um, we're putting that up for the food bank. I'm going to stick that on Twitter. Um, and as always it's bids tonight onwards until Monday uh, Monday night's t-shirt the ladies night one uh, did go to someone someone's already paid the food bank I believe uh, John was saying a hundred and five pound we got for that towards the food bank Unbelievable I, I've Brilliant. lost count now John might be able to let us know exactly how much we've made for the food bank off these t-shirts But a uh, great idea by UK. and um, yeah, we're helping the food bank all the time now Um, We are going to have a quick break in proceedings to launch our new campaign Um, And as as I've said, a lot of us have suffered trolls Liam has, I have A lot of the regular panellists on the show People sending abuse People inboxing us abuse People spreading malicious rumours And saying things which are not very pleasant We've all got thick skin But, you know, it was me who decided to make a little bit of a stand against this and uh, we are in the process of making a documentary which will be coming out on um, the 15th of december it'll be free for everybody to watch on youtube and it will also be available on amazon Uh, but you'll be able to watch it we're hoping to get this message far and wide Uh, but we have uh, launched a little video tonight and uh, we are going to put it on now so this is the campaign we're launching
1: Think before you tweet. 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 Please just think before you tweet. Think before you tweet. Think before you tweet.
0: Think before you tweet.
1: Think before you tweet. Think before you tweet. Think before you tweet. Think before you tweet. Think before you tweet.
0: Think before you tweet.
1: Think before you tweet. Think before you tweet. Think before you tweet.
0: Think before you tweet. Think before you tweet. Very simple message, think before you tweet Thanks to all the uh, regular panellists Who uh take part in a uh, UFC matters each day of the week. And also a big thank you to me, dad, um, big supporter of what we're trying to do, getting the message out there and, uh, very nice of him to come on and, and do that. So a big thank you to me, dad, uh, under the next uh, question. It's from Tim evening, lads interested to hear your thoughts on Jurgen Klopp's exposing the TV rights issue against the welfare of the players. I'm not sure if you watched this interview live, Liam, but it was, uh, very, very interesting. The one on uh, BT Sports or Sky—I'm not sure which it was. It might have been Sky. But uh wow! Yes,
1: Kelly, tup, yeah, tup. Yes, Kelly. Yeah. Look, Steve. Before we get onto this, I'm just going to throw this out there. Look, everybody out there—that was that was actually murdered murdered like on the on the actual uh, video. um so if that you can't let that one slide under under there, Steve, without another mention. On a Jurgen Klopp, I think. um You know what? I think. I think he's picked the wrong fight with uh with Des Kelly. I thought he picked the wrong fight, start and have a go at the broadcasters and, yeah. and it was really quite uh it was quite good to see somebody uh somebody really stand up to a manager like that. Um I think he was all at sixes and sevens. I think he realised he'd he he'd, he'd kinda of picked the wrong fight. Um but it was a fair point that was being made. It really was that um In terms of the broadcasters, they they pay good money for this. And this is something actually agreed by the football clubs. Um, Their chief executives agree this. BT Sport have a particular slot. um, And they're not all of a sudden just going to pick teams that they um, know won't get great viewing figures. Why would they put on... um, Let's just pick two out because they're at the bottom of the table. Sheffield United against West Brom. Why would they pick that out when they they can have a Liverpool or a Manchester United or somebody like that or an arsenal on in that slot despite the fact they've got european games Um i think i think it's, it was probably wrong to to pick that fight with the broadcaster because ultimately the fight starts at home and and if if the teams at the top uh, want that kind of preferential treatment um then they're gonna have to well, they're just gonna have to accept it they can't have that preferential treatment because they're gonna have to play certain games in that slot if the premier league and if the premier league clubs agree that that is a, a viable slot um for a broadcast game um i don't i don't really see a problem with it to be honest Um you have a 25 man premier league squad that's players over the age of 21. you also have a, a full squad of players outside of that and um, which is obviously something we've been looking at this week with with the united and covid Um but you do have a set of players there probably around 40 players who can probably step into step into play first team football and look these teams building that we're not talking about um patching a squad up at the end of a at the end of a transfer window who's going to get this slot who's going to slot in who's going to leave these clubs have got big squads full of stars full of players who can all play virtually at any other football club in the division so Liverpool really should be well. cop should probably be to his chief executive not only about agreeing that bt 12 30 was a good slot um, and, and obviously taking the money for it Um but also um, maybe not getting in the players that he wanted in the summer um, to strengthen the squad because you know everybody knows these things are happening Um yes it's a different season and i get that there was a fair point made by pop in there that it was a it is an unusual season because of the, the coronavirus and the lack of pre-season and other uh, mitigating factors but at the end of the day you take your money you pay a price you know what i mean that if you take take the money in one hand you can't complain about it in the other um, and and Liverpool really um, if, if they want to complain, and Jurgen Klopp, I think he's he probably shown up a bit because I don't think he realized that the battle probably started at home. And I think he's probably um, smartened from that a little bit um, this week, thinking, well, maybe I should have just said that to the chief executive instead of instead of firing at somebody presenting um, on the TV.
0: Okay. Uh, Toon Cryer says, uh, Hi, Liam. One simple question for tonight. Do you think ASM is dropped, suspended internally, or injured? And what light can you shed on this?
1: I actually do think he's got an injury um i'm not necessarily sure how much of an injury um but like i said last week it was my information uh, as per craig hope's uh, fantastic story in the daily mail uh, he broke the news um but there were rumors running about previous to that that things that things weren't happy in the camp um but yeah, it was the case that that uh, he was going to be dropped for the game um, as any player i don't think he reacted particularly well to that um, but in the, on the same token, that I do think he has got a slight injury. Um, will that be enough to keep him out? Of, would that have been enough to keep him out of Aston Villa? I'm not so sure. Um, we probably only would have found that out in a few days' time, but we'll never really know that. And I would suspect um, it didn't sound as if it was a, a, an injury so severe that it would keep him out. I don't think he's been um, reprimanded internally for this. Um, I do think there's just been one of those. Um, player unhappy, unhappy at being dropped, doesn't feel like he should have been dropped, um and also has picked up an injury in the tra- in the training ground um the, the basically the the setup uh, training session for that for that game. So look I think I think all isn't amazingly happy in terms of Alan St. Maximin I think uh careful what I say here because I'll be getting quote tweeted by NUFC three sixty. Um right <laughs> So I don't think that uh, all is happy in the Alan St-Maximin camp. But let's be honest, we're talking about a footballer who didn't come uh, to the Premier League um, to see Newcastle and is his absolute pinnacle. He's a player with a lot of confidence. He's a player with a lot of talent. And he's a player who potentially, if he screws his nut on and really works hard and starts putting in consistent performances like he did in Project Restart outside of that, then I think he's somebody that can really uh, play at the very, very top of the game in Europe, play at the top of the Premier League. So it's been no surprise to think that he knows he's that good in his own head and isn't the most happy. I mean, who would be happy in this Newcastle team recently? Um, It's been watching other players play with the football. He's a player who thrives on having the ball at his feet and wants to run at players and take people on. He's had no opportunity to do that. Look, by the same token, would Steve Bruce have been justified in dropping him? I can't complain too much with that, you know. Going away from home, you might think that lads never kicked the ball for three, four weeks. I'm just going to take them out. It might have been the best thing to do. I'm not going to vilify Steve Bruce for thinking in that manner, because um, I think the sides, to, there's, there's arguments on both sides. Um, but I, I like to think that the the, the manager can get down and sit to, sit and talk to his players. And it sounds like they've had a bit of a meeting last week and aired a few um, grievances and talk through their differences and that's actually the sign of a good a good team manager i'm not just talking about in, in yeah. football; it's just getting those grievances out there and then when everybody knows how everybody feels you can then start to work on it and, and improve things um, and i think that was probably the right thing to do for steve bruce last week i haven't all of a sudden become his biggest fan but I, I think that i think there are problems that have probably festered for too long with certain players in certain situations and i think a little bit of a freshening up in that sense hasn't been a bad thing so do I think St. Maximin has been reprimanded? No. Do I think he had injury? That seems to be the word that he did have an injury. Do I think they'll keep him out long term? No. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see on that one. But is he a player that uh, is is probably going to be constantly linked with a move away? Yeah, because he's got that. He's got that kind of game changing ability, and we've seen that on occasions. Um, and is he a player that's always going to be happy with a uh, middle and um, middle to bottom Newcastle United? Well, no, he's probably not because he's got the ability to play higher. Is he consistent enough to to warrant a move to somebody better? I don't think he is at the moment. I think I think for the three or four games uh, in ten that we see a real Alan saint Maximin isn't going to be enough if you move to a bigger club. And um, Newcastle United can, fans can accept that and um, because that's where we are at the moment. Um, but if you're fighting for titles and you're in the Champions League and you want you're you're fighting for uh, European cups. Premier League titles, FA Cups, then you need players who are going to consistently perform and Alan St-Maximin at the moment doesn't do that.
0: Uh, Jingy asks, any whispers about who the next manager is going to be for Sunderland? I've seen Gus Poyer was heavily linked, but that sounds as if that's gone uh, south now. He's not interested in dropping down to that level, he says. Uh, quite ironic, he's probably one of the managers who helped set them on the way to get to that level
1: yeah yeah probably probably is yeah I think he's quite fondly thought of at Sunderland to be honest I'm not although I'm not over here with their, their particular fan feelings um I never have been um but I think look, the Cowleys I think they've been mentioned in dispatches I think there's been a lot of people put their names forward but um I'm not being uh impolite here but literally the goings on at Sunderland to me now or an absolute irrelevance I literally forget they even exist they're that far away from from where we are now that's not saying it could happen to us of course it could it could happen to anybody but literally when they're when they're in that division they've become an absolute irrelevance the longer and longer they stay out of there I literally forget they exist and they'll just be playing some other pub team oh, I'm getting a bit carried away they're just playing some other league one <laughs> playing some other league one team that you, you've barely heard you've never heard of any of that players um, unless you play a football manager um, so yeah, I, I, I don't really worry about something too much They're not really in my consciousness
0: Okay, yeah, I'm half expecting a job offer from William Storey I do know him, I've done a little bit of business with him in the past And uh, if he gets the club, if he gets his hands on the club He'd probably appoint me as director of football So yeah, we'll see We'll see what happens uh, over the next few uh, few weeks on that It's um, it's going to be interesting to say the least uh, I am just going to share in the chat um, Spenny's GoFundMe page uh, Spenny is walking 100k in a week um, He's trying to raise A uh, 300 pound target um, But yeah he's raising funds for three schools That he represents as a governor uh, That real uh, families you know, Need the money so you know it, it, It's kids who've got special needs and disabilities And uh, if anybody can uh, Donate anything to that I've shared the uh, GoFundMe page in the chat So got 555 people Watching at this moment in time so If you can help Stephen uh, raise uh, The money that he needs by doing 100 here in a week, then please drop uh, your uh, money into that link. Uh, Ligam, is the West Bromwich Albion match in doubt on the twelfth of uh, December.
1: I don't think so. Not at the moment. We'll have to see how things pan out. There's no, no certainty. Like I said, we're in uncharted waters um, on this one. Um, but I'm led to it believe it's around ten days that the um, the self-isolation period uh, in this regard with a quote in the Premier League so that'll take up to less than that bearing in mind if somebody's uh, sort of tested positive today or has to self-isolate today then we will probably they'll probably be fine with that we've got to also remember it's not the same as if me or you got it in the workplace it, it is very different these guys are tested regularly tested every couple of days numerous times so um, that rigorous testing will obviously continue and I think they'll there'll be people probably um give a negative tests next week too they may well have been positive this week i think that that should all be fine unless there's a big if here and that's why i'm saying we don't really know the situation fully but all of a sudden if this um outbreak continues and people continue testing positive and um, up to the weekend and through that then then we could have problems west Brom. Um, but for the yeah. moment it looks like west Brom should be
0: fine Okay, plenty of people talking uh, a little bit about the takeover and about the Middle East and stuff. We've covered that slightly earlier on the show, so if you're all late, uh, you'll just need to watch the first fifteen minutes. Mike Stewart asking, "Do you think Joe Linton's turned a corner?" And I think you just said, "Well, you know, he, he, he's not turned a corner, has he? But he, he has played slightly better in, in recent games."
1: Yeah, I think that's the key thing. I think again, don't put too much pressure up on on the bloke himself. Look, he had a decent game. And he's had a couple of okay games this season. He's been much improved on what he was last season, but was setting the bar very, very low with his performances last season. He looks to me like a confidence player. He looks to me like not really an out-and-out center forward. It's certainly not a finisher. So as long as we take that and we accept him for what he is, then I would say his performances are improving. We could say, if if you're judging it in that sense, he has maybe turned a corner, but I wouldn't want to put that pressure on him yet. Um, because he's he's been um, very very underwhelming for the money that we've paid over the 18 months or so or two years that he's been at Newcastle United, um, and I would say that um, he's still got a lot of a lot of back to do. We're going to have to see a lot better performances if if he's to remain at this football club um, beyond probably next season. I would say because he's got this as his second season. You can always write the first one off with a new lad uh, who doesn't speak the language. He's never played this style of football, South American, take a little bit of time. I think this season must obviously be a little bit better, but if this is as good as he gets, then there will be serious question marks over whether he stays as a striker at Newcastle United.
0: Daniel Woodward's talking about uh, something away from Newcastle, of course, but something that was quite uh, you know, quite serious over the weekend was that head uh, clash between uh, Jimenez and, and Louise. And Louise continued to play, which surprised me. I, I do remember a game at Newcastle, um, might have been last season or maybe the season before that when uh, two players Newcastle players actually collided uh, heads and, and both had to go off and both missed the next game with concussion so you know to see Luis stay on with blood seeping through the uh, the bandage was was surprising the fact that he was allowed then to drive his car home it was just bizarre um but yeah what did, what did he make of all that?
1: look steve i think it's something that in sport in general has probably come to the fore um quite a lot in the last few days because we've seen a heavyweight fight um, at the weekend between daniel dubois um, and he got an eye he got an eye injury joe joyce was the other fighter he got it he got an eye injury fractured an eye socket and, and suddenly people say he's a quitter now boxing fighters are a different breed to most they are a different breed but realistically you've got to remember this is people's health it's not just that they are people at the end of the day and if that lad thinks he might lose his eyesight by continuing to fight he, he, i think anybody would quit and it's not quitting is it it's such a short yeah. word that it means it's got really a negative connotation to it but most people would quit and i say the same about this we hark back to days of, of um of terry butcher with blood pouring down his, his top and alan shearer being strapped up and um, wanting to play on that's the manly thing to do the right thing to do look Let's be honest about this. It's a game of football. It's it's a it's a prize fight. It's it's, a, it's boxing for money. That's what it is. These lads aren't going in their life or death, but despite what they might say. And these lads who run out on a football pitch don't want to be permanently disfigured or permanently damaged for the rest of their lives. I think there's got to be an element of um, common sense here. If somebody does take a significant knock on the head and there is bleeding like there is David Luiz, he just needs to come off. Despite what he may say, and even sometimes in spite of what the doctor's advice may well be, there needs to be somebody independent viewing this and saying, right, he needs to come off now. The sign's there that something's not right. He's got to bleed his head, take him off. Again, by the same token, with these fighters, well, why why, would they want to be... You know, they might. he might never see again if he, if he continues to fight and take punches in that eye. I don't blame anybody for, for quitting in a situation like that. For the same token, I wouldn't blame anybody for walking off the pitch if they had a massive... Uh, head trauma because you know it's not like it's not like for example if you if you're in a car crash and you got up and and walk away you would suddenly walk into your workplace and sit down at your laptop or or start you know start stacking shelves or or whatever you may do as your job you know what i mean you go to the hospital straight away because you'd you'd be looked at and and, and assessed and stitched up or whatever it may be and i think that should be something and that common sense approach should maybe be applied a little bit more in, in football and we need to get away from this macho idea that oh well he's soft if he does that no he's not it's just it's just common sense like i say if you damage yourself in any other walk of life if you weren't playing sport you wouldn't carry on and it's not soft to to, to come off or, or quit as some people might call it so I, I do feel quite strongly about this um in a sense because and i'm keep harking back to boxing obviously you're a massive massive uh, boxing fan steve uh, promoter and, and, and the like um and, and I think it's something that's, that's used too much. I think there's a stigma of the idea that people in, in a macho game where fighting, they're fighting different breed, different type of people, but at the end of the day, they are just people. And if you scratch the surface, they've still got families. They still want to go home to see their kids and their wife, and, and they still want to, you know, enjoy the fruits of their labour. They're fighting for money. They want to go home and be able to drive their car, and he doesn't want to have to take his driving lessons again because he kind of see out of one eye. You know what I mean? It's... it's um, This macho sporting um, idea, this bubble needs to be broken, really. And I think we've seen a little bit of that in the last few days, and there does seem to be a a changing of the waves. I think people are moving towards that and and being a bit more, you know what, I think we need to look after these people's health. It's only an entertainment game, no matter what sport it is. It's just for our entertainment. And if that's going to, you know, surely somebody putting all their efforts in and damaging themselves, permanently is not entertainment at the end of the day, is it?
0: Yeah, exactly, mate, exactly. Yeah, uh, Liam says, if you could interview... Any, uh, Andrew says, uh, Liam, if you could interview anyone who would it be, doesn't have to be
1: a footballer. Can I have, a, can I have five minutes to think about that? Because it's quite a good yeah, question. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> no problem. Uh, think, I'll have a think,
0: mate. Jonathan asks you another one. Um, since Steve Bruce has been appointed Newcastle United manager, which players do you think have improved under his stewardship?
1: Uh. I'll throw that back at you, do you think any of any have improved I, I find it really difficult to think think that any have Um I think we've seen regressions with a number and um, I think we're seeing the likes of uh, Sean Longstaff uh, become stale uh, and not improve as he was under Rafa Benitez I think we've seen Jamal Lascelles although limited in certain departments was um was uh, able to improve under Rafa Benitez and hasn't done that under Steve Bruce, Um, I'm really wrapping my brains here to think, has there been anybody that I think Steve Bruce has a direct impact on and improved? No, I I genuinely don't. And and I'm not necessarily saying that's a massive dig at Steve Bruce, um, although it may seem one, but I'm really struggling to think of any single player in that squad who I can now say is a better player for having Steve Bruce as a manager for 18 months. A lot of people asking what you thought about uh, Grealish's dive at the weekend.
0: (laughs) I didn't see it. I'm not seeing it. Yeah. So, no, yeah. I would just say that 9.9 definitely that's what it was uh, definitely a dive he's very good at that uh, Julie Baker saying is that mrs. Wraith making a cover yeah this microphone picks up a lot uh, by the way but uh, it does pick up a lot and uh, I keep trying to like mute it but then I'm worried in case I leave it on mute but this is what happens when you're uh, you're running everything yourself and uh, dealing with Virgin as well a lot of people saying Virgin yeah I'm fully aware I do often p- p- click on the YouTube uh, look and I can see how bad it looks it's absolutely ridiculous the sound it sounds great because uh, I've, I've invested might, but there's absolutely nothing I can do about the picture, and um, I am going to have to ring up Virgin and see what they can do because there's clearly, uh, clearly, an issue with it. But uh, as long as it doesn't, as long as it doesn't blur Liam, that's the main thing. He's the main guest uh, on a Tuesday, on a Tuesday night.
1: Well, I haven't mentioned this for weeks, but I, I did notice that the lighting comments have gone. The light, all that that about the lighting. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, no, you've uh, you've done well, mate. You've done well. You've you've got it all. You've got it all sorted. Um, I hope you're still thinking about that uh, that Andrew Malloy question about. Uh, oh, I see. You've got a halo. Well done, mate. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think from from your perspective, just keep keep that question in mind, and uh, we can you know we can do that. We can do that towards the end. Uh, Paul Paul Gibson says the magnificent seven all have covered. Lascelles, uh, Hendrick. Uh, Baldy one, Longstaff, Paul Plummet, Joe Clinton, and the donkey get in. May get a few results now. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know who's got COVID, but um, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. So you know, fingers crossed that they all recover and uh, get back to uh, doing what they get paid for. Jason Carter says the iconic pictures of a patched-up Terry Butcher and Alan Shearer spring to mind. They were a different breed, uh, breed too, though, in my opinion. Uh, Rohan says, "Any word of our, any of our players getting new contracts? Quite a few of our players' contracts run out at the end of the season. We did do a, a special on this um, a couple of weeks ago um, with the girls and the lads. Um, any any updates on that, or is it uh, is it a little bit early yet?"
1: Uh, there's a lot really being put on hold um, to a large extent. There was a lot of action in the summer, but there's a lot of players, particularly in certain positions, that that. These contracts do need to be addressed. The one that particularly um, concerns me is, is in the central, uh, central defence. Um, I mentioned them earlier. Federico Fernandes is out in the summer, um, Kieran Clark, for me, they're the two best central defenders Newcastle United have, uh, Fabian Shaw. So that's three of Newcastle United's four central defenders, all, um, all their contracts come, come at the end of the season. Um, there's others like Jacob Murphy, um, others around the field. And I think it's something that um, that Newcastle do need to address, but will they address it immediately? I'm not so sure, because there is a lot of stuff, um, and a lot of focus being pushed towards other things. Um, realistically, let's just say if this takeover does go ahead before the end of the season, and if it looks like it's going to go ahead, then I think we will see movement on that front, and I think we'll see strings pulled from outside of um, the current ownership model as to who will get them and who won't and um, what will happen in coaching terms with the manager and others and um, we'll, there'll be a lots of things done but I think with it with there being so many balls up in the air at the moment it's difficult to know which one's going to fall next and I think we're at that kind of limbo stage at the moment a little bit of a gray area whereby um, the ownership um, is still uh, a big question mark we don't know whether we're going to have new owners come the new year or well, it may take longer we may not have new owners till till uh, sort of maybe the summer and um, potentially I mean it could it could potentially drag on that long there is so much at play here but and, and potentially there's obviously the other option that, that we might not have any change of ownership and and but I think Mike Ashley will um, play this out as long as he possibly can with the current manager and with the current crop of players and I don't think you particularly want to spend a lot of money um on on improved contracts and, and other areas which some of these lads who i'm talking about will come to the end of the contracts so federico fernandez um, in and in around the 30 about 30 barrier kieran Clark, in and around the same gotta remember as footballers um it's a short life and that's kind of your last big contract is around that age um, so i think those players will probably want slight improvements and um, or if not they'll want some kind of security they probably want three to four years um, and I'm not sure those are the type of deals that Mike Ashley at this point, having really splashed it in the summer, um, in terms of what everyone we didn't expect him to, um, I don't think he, he's going to be so willing to, to do that moving forward. So, um, yeah, I think it's something that does need addressed. Do I think it will be addressed um, in the short term? I don't think that is the case, no. Okay,
0: James says, Liam, will Ashley put pressure on Demargo to get the deal done before the new year or risk relegation
1: and no deal? Look, I don't think this team will get relegated, because um, there's no, there's no um, sort of, I don't know. They, they seem to be able to just scrape a result from, from nowhere in, in, in within runs. I was talking last week saying it's difficult after that um, last couple of performances. It was difficult to see how they'd pick up their next point, and then they go and win away from home in a relatively solid performance. Um, even if they'd taken a point, it would have been a good result. Um, so I think this this team will do that consistently this season they will um flatter deceive mostly but they will pick up the odd results here and there and that'll be enough and particularly this year where at this stage it looks like it's probably going to take less points to steal because of the poor nature of the teams at the bottom um we said that last year and it was a little bit less but not massively i mean there will be improvements there i think this team will stay up so i don't think that's necessarily going to be a problem um so yeah i, I think i think we'll be all right um and i think um with regards to pressure on DeMarco, which was the question. Look, these things will take as long as they take. Um, and I don't think there's any um, pressure or come on uh, DeMarco from Mike Ashley. Of course, Mike Ashley wants this this deal done. But um, Nick DeMarco is effectively the, the the best in the business at what he does. Um, he's working alongside uh, Shahid Fatima as well. We obviously know there's anti-competition um, cases going on left, right and center as well um so we'll just we'll just have to wait and see I think I think I mentioned it before and I'm going to change from joining the dots here I'm going to say something again I, it, there is so many balls in the air it's difficult to know when the next one will drop it really is because it could be it could be one ball that drops and it'll break the whole thing and we'll have a takeover it could be another ball that drops that breaks the whole thing in the opposite way and it's done and we'll never see it again so again with in this situation there are so many variables it could change it in a number of different directions but There does seem to still be a real confidence that this is something that can be done. It can be done relatively quickly um, by a number of different routes. And while people that I'm speaking to who are close to dealings around the takeover retain that confidence, then I'm confident with them and I'll, I'll remain hopeful that we can have a new dawn at some point this season. Okay, Martin says, do you think ASM and Miggy have a future under Bruce? Not sure if Bruce really fancies them. He doesn't. I just don't think he's really warm to Miguel Alarcon. I think he's taken him a little bit for granted, to be honest. um Look, I don't think he's a world beater, um, far from it. But I think he's a decent Premier League player, um, and I think he could be used a lot better. Um, and I think the player knows that himself. Uh, Saint Maximin is a low on to himself, and I don't mind that. I don't mind having uh, mavericks in a team. I was a massive fan of lauren robert i was speaking on the phone with steve hasty uh, at the weekend and we we're, were sort of lamenting uh, lauren robert and how fantastic he was and there seems to have been like a revision of history with regards to robert that all of a sudden everybody thinks he was the best thing since sliced bread when they look back on his goals and they see his youtube highlights it wasn't like that if you were at st james's park when he was there he used to get a lot of criticism it wasn't always the, the the sort of person that people look back on now but i don't mind that i've always been a fan of mavericks Pan and been off as the other one in my time that really really um sort of got me really excited to go to games and, and i don't mind that Maxim is a bit like that you're never going to get consistent performances from him but like i say if he was performing consistently uh, at the level we know he can he would not be anywhere near any united he would never have been close to coming here in the first place so do i think bruce gets the best out of him uh no i think I think some of the poor performances recently can probably be put down to that that formation and that trial of him as in a bit of a free role than a 10 didn't work has to play on the left um, and if you're going to play on the left sometimes you're going to have to accept he's not maybe going to um, cover the left back defensively and he's maybe going to drift in and out of games but that is, he is what he is and, and i would love to i just hope that players like that are still on the books at Newcastle united come the end of next summer because I think they're the tighter players that if Newcastle ought to progress, they should really be hanging on to, um, and they should be building around those, not letting those tighter players go. Okay,
0: Kenneth Stark believes that some of these pundits are extracting the urine uh, by saying
1: that uh, Steve Bruce is doing a good job. Um, would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I really do. I think um, I think there's a there's a real there's a real sort of friend. Camp in the, in the pundits at the moment—they all just uh, put their arm around each other and and um and sort of give give each other a lot of positivity when when it is is barely warranted. And I don't like—I don't. I was speaking to the guys at my my newspaper as a worker of Sunday Echo, and I was speaking about Sunday actually this morning in a conference call, and, and, and I seen there was some people out there who suggested what well, it was the wrong decision for Sunday to sack their manager and, and criticising the fans for the criticism, and and I think Newcastle United. I so used to that, and I was saying that to those guys this morning, that, that it's really um, it, it's really painful to listen to. That Ultimately, I think fans do know best because fans are the type who watch. You know, we all don't. We all get things wrong. But I think fans watch these players all the time. Um, they watch the team all the time. They watch the manager's uh, substitutions. They watch his changes in formation. They watch every word that he says post-match, pre-match. Um, and I think they are a good judge of whether a manager is good or bad. Um, and I think the general consensus at Sunderland was that that, that Phil Parkinson, despite the position that they find themselves in, was dreadful. Um, I think Newcastle United fans are very similar on Bruce, and, and we will just get told constantly that that uh, Newcastle United fans have got it wrong. Uh, they should be grateful for the position that Newcastle United find themselves in. Newcastle United should not be grateful for the position they find themselves in. Everybody, nobody should be grateful for the position to find themselves in. Everybody should be aspiring to be the best version of themselves they can be. And that goes for football clubs too. And, and I think the fans' frustrations mainly come from that. That they've known for a long time now that the do not want to be the best, best version of themselves. They want to limit themselves. And Steve Bruce's appointment was really symptomatic of that approach. Uh, Tom Dixon says, any news on Dubravka? no 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 there has, hasn't been him. Um, obviously the last sort of bit of news we had was that that he would potentially be back in december when i went to the start of december so i think we probably would have found out a little bit more um on thursday from steve bruce but we'll probably have to wait a little bit longer for that kind of news to come out unless somebody does some digging in and finds out a little bit more about the brava situation
0: Okay uh, Ron Bennett thank you very much for that mate I, I'm not a technophobe but uh, I'm always happy to take advice Google how to change upload channel on Virgin Media it will resolve your problem thanks Ron good stuff uh, Danny Murphy Robbie Savage Chris Sutton just repeating the same garbage all the time I will say Martin no fair play to Danny Murphy who exchanged uh, a DM Twitter uh, message with uh, a Newcastle fan who held him accountable for his comments about Bruce explaining in a civilized manner exactly why he felt Danny Murphy backing Bruce was wrong. And he said, "Fair play." Um, you know, he admitted, you know, he doesn't watch Newcastle a great deal, and you know, he, he would look at he would look at things in in a, in a different light. Maybe he's moving forward. So fair play to Danny Murphy for for actually um, responding about that. You know. Uh, Drawing Arsenal If this tier system Is still in place Can see them getting fans In the game But I were like Yeah Arsenal in the FA Cup Third round away Oh my god I mean Just Just what we didn't need Really And, and Arsenal Although they're not Playing well Always a difficult game Especially down at their place Yeah It's,
1: it's, it's going to be A difficult one Like I say It probably won't be Arsenal's um, Absolute best team I mean I'm not sure they really know what their best team is at the moment they're struggling they're in and around the same sort of position as newcastle united in the premier league this season but really um it will be a challenging game and you would expect a club like arsenal even if they do make changes to probably be, have enough to to see off newcastle united in that third round i mean it brings to a run quite uh, it brings an end to a, a quite interesting run of cup draws for steve bruce um it's been relatively—I mean, you could call it—it it is the luck of the draw, effectively. But they've had good draws both in the in the League Cup and in the FA Cup. Um, haven't got the quarter final last season, though. In the quarter final of the League Cup, haven't played virtually nobody uh, to get to that point. So, you know, would you would you a tough draw? Um, and as tough as draws go, it probably isn't the worst one you could have got out of the hat. But it's probably also one you would really have wanted to avoid.
0: Yeah, definitely, uh, from our perspective, one that we could have done with avoiding. Uh, well done to though, who play in the same division as Dunstan, uh, who got Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, what a draw that is, by the way.
1: Yeah, incredible. Do you know what? We'll go back to that question then. So if there's anybody that I would really, really like to interview, like a one-on-one sit-down and, and chat with, it would be somebody like Jose Mourinho, when you mentioned Tottenham Hotspur, because I can imagine his... I'd love to hear his... Um, things he couldn't see on camera about his time at barcelona how he got into the game and his pressures at manchester united and um, he's winning european trophies at other clubs somebody like that would really would really excite me sitting really delving into the, the depths of somebody like that because it, it's, it's such an interesting character in terms of uh, in terms of the way he deals with people is it's almost like um he has like a cult following, and I think he's just a fantastic, really fantastic manager. And he's come again in English football. Everybody said he was finished um, before he took the Tottenham job, and I think he's proven a few people wrong. and And I don't mind seeing that. And he's got a real soft spot for Newcastle United, so he'd always, um, he'd always have carry favor in my books. Okay, good stuff. Uh, what's
0: the odds, Liam? You'll be on this show in six months, and people will be asking if the takeover is still going through. Oh my god, I
1: hope not. <laughs> Uh look, we didn't think we'd be here. Um we didn't think we'd be this far down the line um where we are, so is it a possibility? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Um it could easily we could easily find myself here in six months. Do I think we'll be here in a year? No. Um but six months, what would that take? We're two may. Yeah, I think we could we could easily be in that position, um, depending on the way things go. But I would I would suspect that that things will probably move on. Um over the Christmas period into January, and I think we'll know a little bit more by then. I said that a few weeks about November, um, and we did know a little bit more in November, um, but we're still not probably as far on as I thought we would be um, by now. So, yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, we're not. Hopefully, what we're, we're on here, and I'm sitting here in six months' time, and we're all talking about how fantastic when you own us are, and, and, and hopefully, we're complaining about the players we're not, you know. Oh, you know why aren't we paying eighty million instead of seventy million for him and all that kind of thing? Fingers crossed. We're, we're talking about really positive change in Newcastle because that's ultimately all that what you guys out there want. and It's what Steve wants. It's what I want. And it's why everybody's been you know really championing that cause because there is a realization that this this is an absolute game changer for Newcastle United if that kind of money comes into the football club. Definitely. Brian, I'll finish on your question. Um, the owners,
0: uh, new owners, if it is PIF, there's certainly plans afoot for a lot of investment, mate. So uh, the answer to your question um, about that is yes, in due course. But uh, the most important thing, I think, for new owners would be to come in, get a, a good manager in, uh, coach and uh, some uh, invest heavily in the playing squad and improve the academy and uh, tidy the ground up because it's an absolute clip um, at this moment. Uh, yeah. Everyone, thanks very much for your kind comments. Kenneth, thanks, lads. Great show. Big thumbs up. B. Taylor, fantastic show. Thanks for your time. Great stuff. Thanks very much for all your positive comments. If you're a new visitor, please subscribe to the channel. Costs you nothing. Click subscribe and um, you'll get notifications when the shows start. Um, if you want to donate something, you just need to hit the join um button and uh, you can make a little donation to the channel. That would be great. We are looking for a sponsor for December, so if there's any small businesses out there, it's not a king's ransom. All we need is the money to pay for the StreamYard. Um, otherwise, I pay for it and um, got no problems doing that. But if anybody wants to sponsor it, it's a great, uh, great advertisement for your show for a full month in December. Uh, we have got January sorted though. Uh, um liam just tell people where people can find you and your wonderful journalistic work
1: cheers well what i'm going to do is i'm going to use this slot i always push it uh to to say i oh, go to the shields gazette look at my work i've got a mate right he's, he's one of my best mates in the business he's called jordan cronin and he's desperate for followers out there so anybody part of the NEFC matters community if you can get on there give jordan a follow he's in your cast united fans works for the shields gazette works for Sunday sun the network mail He's a really good lad. Uh, he always helps on our podcast um every week uh, when we do the um talk uh, we do the our little podcast that we do on a Wednesday, um Mouth of the Time. Um, so if you guys can can uh, give him a follow, that would absolutely make his day. Okay, that's Jordan Cronin. What's his at uh, what's what's his hat name then? Oh, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not, I, I probably should have searched that beforehand, but search Jordan Cronin, he's a uh, part of the Shields Gazette
0: okay let's have a look for him and uh, we'll get him a, we'll get him a few followers uh, good luck to uh, him and William just subscribe thanks great to have new people visit the show I know it uh, you know it, it's people stumble across it by accident etc you know we're uh, we're still growing the channel uh, thanks very much for everybody who uh, has stuck with us through thick and thin through the pandemic and we will continue to do seven shows a week for as long as uh, as long as I can and uh, a lot of people always ask can we do a longer show um, look we might open to 90 minutes uh, in the new year maybe it's in January um, we've got to get through December and uh, we've both got young families uh, me and liam so uh, we've got to spend time with the young ones over december but maybe it's in january we will and uh, liam and i have been talking about a couple of specials um as well which i think we'll we're looking at doing um at some point we'll pre-record them and uh, that means that you'll still have shows to watch over christmas when we have a little bit of time off but uh, as i said Always great to uh, speak to you, uh, Liam. Great to have you on, mate. And uh, I'm gonna play out with the, uh, as I say, the Think Before You Tweet video, which we uh, broadcast a little bit earlier. It's a campaign that we've just started. Uh, obviously, from our perspective, we do want everyone who's on Twitter to think before you tweet. If you're on Facebook as well, I mean, it, it seems to happen less on there, but just on social media, just be a little bit more responsible and you know think about what you're putting out there. Um, because people do have feelings; everybody's got feelings, and it does it does affect people when you put abuse out there about them. But uh, Liam, speak to you next Tuesday, mate. Have a good week. Take care. Same to you, mate. Think before you
1: tweet. Think before you tweet. Think before you tweet. Think before you tweet. Think before you tweet. Please just think before you tweet.
0: Think before you tweet. Think before you tweet. Think before you tweet.
1: Think before you tweet. Think before you tweet. Think before you tweet. Think. Before you tweet, think before you tweet,
0: think before you tweet,
1: think before you tweet, think before you tweet, think before you tweet,
0: think before you tweet, think
1: before you tweet.